1: To become the nation of kings and priests, they were ordained to be from the foundations of the earth. your church teaching the truth. Are you attending the right church? And are they teaching you the truth? Many people go to church seeking healing, understanding and salvation. Are you being taught the true meaning of Jesus? Or a feel-good sing-and-shout message? How can you tell if you are in the church of God or church of Satan? I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Kings and Priest. What we're talking about is, is your church teaching you the truth? or are they teaching you the bible or are they teaching you the feast days of the lord or are they teaching you a message that you want to hear this is what we're going to be examining today this sabbath day this day of the lord the day that the lord appointed the day that the lord taught on this is what we're going to be examining i am your brother to die one once again here in the UK teaching the word and the message of the heavenly father and his son Jesus Christ. do we begin? I mean, there's there's so many things that we could use. As one brother says, uh, a litmus test. How do you test or, as the scriptures say, try? And how could you know that you're in the right church or you're dealing with the you know the right people or they teaching you the right message well there's one scripture that I want to go to and um 1 John First John Bear with me a second. First John, the fourth chapter and the first verse, and it reads Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are going out into the world. So that's why it's important that we do this show, because many people, what they're dealing with, they're not dealing with the truth that's in Christ. And this is a message, and it's a warning from John. And he's saying, don't believe every spirit. Don't believe everything that everyone Is telling you about the Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. It says, but you have to try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are going out into the world. And Jesus Christ himself spoke of false prophets that will come in these last days, and they will seek to deceive the people. And Paul spoke about it as well how people would come and they would do uh, lying wonders and things to deceive the people because Satan is a deceiver. That's his top mission is to deceive you and to trick you from serving the Heavenly Father in Christ, which is going to give you the true blessings into giving you some gift or giving you some pleasure, instantaneous pleasure, but in the end is death. Also, let's go to the book of Proverbs 14 and 15 because right there where it says beloved believe not every spirit when you believe someone there's no evidence there's no facts to back it. all this person this this pastor said this so you know if the pastor said it's good enough for me so it says what don't believe every spirit but you have to try the spirits whether they are of god so that means that there is a measuring stick for you to compare and for you to look at and say, okay, is these things true? So this is Proverbs 14 and 15. It says, the simple believe of every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. And this is something that people aren't doing. They're not looking well to their going. When, what does that mean? They're not examining the facts. They're not examining the truth. They just believe. Anything that the pastor say is Okay. Well, the elders said, well, the pastor said, the bishop said, the are simple. Why are they simple? Because they're not going according to the words of the Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Now, in Deuteronomy 13, the 13th chapter in the first verse, it speaks about a prophet rising up. And you have many different pastors and teachers and prophetists and uh, uh, evangelists rising up in these times in these ages and time, times get harder and you know the economy is bad and people are losing their homes they're looking for a spiritual outlet they're looking people are looking for answers so this is a warning that the heavenly father gave down to Moses to give to the Israelites and tell them to what to try the spirits to beware of the different people that will come to seek to deceive this is Deuteronomy 13, verse 1. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, whether he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. So you have a someone come up, and they're speaking about God, and they're speaking about Jesus. And they have a dream or they have a sign or a wonder. And it says that thing comes to pass because many of these these pastors and teachers in the church you know, not knowing amongst the the congregation, a lot of them are witches and warlocks and sorcerers and have aligned themselves with Satan. And we're gonna we're gonna delve into that and dig in and bring the evidence and proof so you can see and you can give you know, do your own litmus test and say, Well, am I in the right church? Is this church teaching the truth, but many people, they'll go to the church, and they'll be in a Benny Hinn church, and Benny Hinn uh, uh, do a miracle, knock somebody out with his hands, which we've already um, gone in that and dealt with that topic in, um, in our show that we do on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Uh, From Darkness to Light, which is, you know, we have the brother Akurai, who used to be heavily into witchcraft, occult, and Satanism. So he knows about all the different tricks and things that people are calling God, but really is Satan. So Deuteronomy 13 and 1 spoke about this prophet or dreamer of dreams and gave it a sign and wanted that thing come to pass. But they're telling you to follow after other gods. And, you know, they they have this guy in Brazil. And he's supposed to be a spiritual healer. But how he's healing people is through witchcraft, through he's calling up dead spirits to come into his body so that it he can heal people. So, well, people, what, what's wrong with that? Well, that's going into witchcraft. What a heavenly father said, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. So your body they be healed for the instance, but then you're going to have to face the judgment of Christ. And when Christ comes, it's, it's going to be nothing that no one ever ever seen before in their life. Many people don't believe that as long as they got a piece of chicken, some Kool-Aid in their refrigerator. They don't care about living a righteous life or repenting to the Heavenly Father or dealing right with their father or dealing right with their mother or dealing right with their wife or their husband. They could care less. Because this is a satanic age. This is not the age of Christ. Even Christ himself, he said, if this was my world, then will my servants fight. Who is his servants? The angels. Christ could call down leads and angels. And when Jesus Christ comes, he's going to empty heaven of angels. And there ain't going to be Mars attack. It's going to be Christ attack. And they're going to be scared on earth. They ain't going to be, you know what, we we can get ray guns. And, no, that's not what's going to happen. But many people don't see that. They don't believe that. They see these men that give these lying wonders, these fake wonders that's not teaching the message of Christ. So what does it say? This is verse 3, Deuteronomy 13 and 3. It says, Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So there's people that's out there, and they're teaching doctrines and they're doing signs and things are coming to pass but they're not teaching the message of christ the message of jesus christ was repentance and repentance from what from sin so now you have churches teaching well there is no sin there is no sin no more there is no law no more so if there's no law then there is no sin you know uh i remember this guy in the church and he would say where there is no police there is no law So if the police isn't around, you could be a rapist, you could be a murderer, you could be a thief, you could do whatever. So basically, that's the doctrine that the the churches are teaching or allowing for people to engage in sin, but that was never the message of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to save us from our sins. So it's not that we can continue in sin anymore. So we're not to hearken or to listen to that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. It said, because what the Lord proved you to do, to see if you are going to follow him. And for many people, what they don't understand, for those that truly follow Christ, the scripture says that if you're going to live godly in Christ, you're going to suffer persecution. If you're going to follow the message of Jesus Christ, you're going to suffer persecution. It says, you shall walk after your Lord, your God, and fear him. And keep his commandments and obey his voice, and you shall serve him and cleave unto him. So that's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to cleave unto the pastor, priest, or uh, this minister, that minister. we're supposed to keep the commandments. Now, people more and more in this time, and you see as the generations come up, they don't respect any authority much less the authority of God. God is a supreme authority. So children, more and more, they don't respect their parents. They don't respect teachers. They don't respect the police. They don't respect anything. The only thing is what? They respect themselves, which is a satanic satanic um, doctrine, because that satanic doctrine is about selfishness. It's about the ego. It's about you, God, you do what pleases you, what make you happy even if that's destructive to others. And that's not the message of Jesus Christ. So more on this, Luke, Deuteronomy 13. And it says, and that prophet and that, or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he have spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust you out of the way which the Lord God commanded thee to walk in. So shalt thou put evil away from the midst of thee. So this is an light thing. The scriptures is telling us not to believe every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are out there. Jesus Christ himself, Matthew 7, beware of false, Matthew 7 and 15. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raven and wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather of thorns or figs of thistles? Now, we know the fruits. The fruits, number one, is the fruits of repentance that change. Just like Paul, Paul went around and he persecuted the church. He was putting... When I say the church, the followers of Jesus Christ, the true followers of Jesus Christ, not people that call themselves Christians today that celebrate Christmas, that celebrate Halloween, Easter, which are all satanic holidays. Now, a lot of people may be, you know, maybe jumping in their seat. You say Christmas, Easter, I thought those were Christian Christian holidays. Guess what? They are, but not the Christians of the Bible. They, they, today, you have. A satanic order of Christians, and that that's really a misnomer because how to someone that um, follows Satan be a Christian? But it's a trick. That's that's what Satan is rolling with. He uses technology on people to make you think you're serving the Lord Jesus Christ when you're really serving him. That's what he do. He's he's a deceiver. Many people won't believe that, but hopefully by the end of this show. Those people that are listening out there that are skeptics, you will be able to discern. A lot of people, they, they won't be able to bear it because their mind and their spirit is so in line with this world. They don't have the humility to humble themselves to the word of the Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ. So what? They're going to continue in this world until they meet Revelation 6, where they're going to be running from Jesus Christ, asking for the rocks to fall on them. But our mission is to break forth the truth and to teach the truth. So let's continue and what we, um, we're talking about today. And another scripture for you to try the spirit and know where they have God. This is a mainstay scripture that we read in most um, shows that we do. It's the book of Isaiah eight and twenty we read a lot on darkness to light, and we usually start from the nineteen verse. we read a lot on Are you smart on your pastor? So I'm going to start from the nineteen verse, Isaiah eight and nineteen it says, "And when they shall say unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep and that and mutter. Should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead? Because a lot of people, um, they believed in Nostradamus. They said Nostradamus was going to predict the end of the world, 2012, um, December 21st. Nostradamus predicted it, according to many of Nostradamus' followers. But what? Nostradamus was a wizard. And it says that wizards... And those that seek with familiar spirits, those familiar spirits, a lot of people say, oh, I'm going to commune with your uh, dead relatives. What they're really communing with is is demons. It says, wizards that peep and that mutter? So they don't have a clear vision. They're seeing something, but they can't see exactly what it is. And that mutter, they're saying something, but they're not saying the truth. Should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead? So shouldn't we seek to the most High for answers? Shouldn't we seek to the most High? what's going to come in this next age? What is the future going to hold? What's going to happen in these last days? Why are you seeking to the dead for answers? I, I want to go and commune, and I want to speak to my grandmother. I want to know why I'm having so many problems in my life. You're having so many problems in your life because you're going to someone that has familiar spirits to find out an answer from God. Verse 20 to the law, and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. So if someone's coming, and they're not speaking according to the Bible, what does that mean? There is no light in them. There is no light in them. If there's no light in them, what's in them? Fruits, joy, joy, feelings, happiness? No, what's in them is darkness. And that darkness is wickedness, is evil. evil. And that's how Satan comes. He comes and he tries to appear like he's a sheep. But where, what is he really? What is he really? He's the wolf. He's the wolf. And that's how many of these churches are dealing. They're coming and they're dealing. They're all cleaned up and they're smooth, shaven. When Christ had a beard, they look like pretty Ricky. They're all dressed up. When you, when you saw um, John the Baptist, he wasn't in a pretty costume. he wasn't in a pretty outfit, but he taught the Word of the Lord. He's wearing camel's camel's hair or goat's hair and a girdle, and he was eating locusts and wild honey. They thought he was a wild man, but why was people going to hear the going to hear because he was speaking the words of God? Many people when they saw the disciples and they heard them speak all oh, these men, these These guys are rude speech. They wasn't educated. They didn't have a Harvard degree or they wasn't coming out of the great centers of learning. But when they spoke, they knew that they were followers of Christ in so much that they were called Christians. So what are we supposed to do? We are supposed to examine this word daily to see if the things that's written In this Bible, when you go to church, the things that your pastors and preachers are saying, are they true? This is Acts 17, 11. And it says, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. So are you searching? That's how you try the spirit. You, if see what the pastor says is matching up with the scriptures now here there's different pastors and teachers and you see different pastors and teachers on youtube and they be saying all kinds of you know erroneous quotes out of their mouth just lying when well, the scripture says this and the lord said this and the lord, and that's not what it says in the bible so if you went and you looked in the bible and you Okay, this is what the pastor said, but most people there in church are clapping and, and dancing and, and shouting. And that's something else that I want to go on to is um is your church teaching the truth? In your church, do they teach the speaking of tongues? Let's listen to this clip and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it.
2: Okay. I find the powers of Elaine's life, of her family, of her finances, and I command it to be the Now! Oh, that's it right there, Elaine. No! Is delivered right now. Elaine, take a deep breath. And receiving the peace. Oh, yes. Ooh. Did you feel that, Elaine? Yes, I did. <laughs> I did too. Take another deep breath and receive the peace. We come out, oh, oh, <laughs> <Okay>. oh, shine. Ooh, yeah, Corey, na, Oh, na, 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 what do
1: say you shall read, okay, so many churches they teach the doctrine that what that's speaking in tongues, so according to the Bible, does the Bible support that that that's speaking in tongues, you know, coming out of your mouth, fumbling, fabling, let's see, let's go to the book of Acts, the second chapter, the book of Acts. The second chapter, and I'll start from the first verse, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, which is also known as the Feast of Weeks, which is uh, is a feast that the Lord gave to the children of Israel. When you read in Leviticus, um, the 23rd chapter, that most people, they don't keep that today. They keep all the satanic pagan traditions of the world, but they don't keep the feast that's written right there in the New Testament for them to keep. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So when it was the 50th day, then they kept the feast. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. So when people read that, they think of this.
2: I think that binds your powers of Elaine's life, of her family, of her finances, and I commanded to be destroyed.
1: That's what they think the speaking of tongues is. But let's see what the Word of God says to speak the speaking of tongues is. This is Acts 2 and 5. And it says, and they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together. And they were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. So, is what we heard just there, is that <laughs> a language? Is that a language? Spanish, Italian, um, Arabic, Hebrew? No, it's not a language. And let's see, let's read on. There's more in there. And it says they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, or not all these would speak Galileans, because the Galileans speak Hebrew. They didn't they don't speak um the different languages from around where these Jews were coming from. And it says how how hear we every man in our own tongue where we, where we are born? Parthians and Medes, Elamites, dwellers in Mesopotamia, and Judea, Cappadocia, and Pontus in Asia, Phygeria, Pamphylia, in Egypt, in parts of Libya, about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Druze, Proselytes, Cretes, Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues, the wonderful works of God. So they wasn't speaking in intangible language. They were speaking in languages that was known. They were speaking in Arabic. They were speaking a bit in, in Italian or the Latin or the Greek or the different tongues that was in Asia Minor. They was able to speak those tongues. So if you're in a church and they're um, speaking like this, are they teaching you the truth according to the bible they're not teaching you the truth because the bible just explains. and that's just one scripture i'm just giving you food for thought there's so many scriptures that speak on tongues that back up that that's not you know like the clip that i played so you you should be questioning just like it just like it said, you should be questioning whether these things are so. You should be like the men of Thessalonica, where they're receiving the word of God, and the word of God is the Bible. It's not what the pastor says. If the pastor isn't speaking according to the oracles of God, like it says in first Peter four and eleven, then then you shouldn't be there. Isaiah eight and twenty to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because There's no light in them. And you know what? Many people, they go to church and their pastors open the Bible and they read the Bible. So that leads me to go to Matthew's, the fourth chapter. And I want to read something. And I want us to examine something in the Bible. Matthew's four. Excuse me. And four. Let's go. I'll start from verse one so we can get to understand. Matthew's four, verse one. It says, then when Jesus Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be me bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So Christ, a lot of times when he spoke, he spoke as it is written, or it is written here, is written there, so that's written in the book of, of Deuteronomy, when Christ spoke that, and that so that kills a, a lot of that doctrine, that look, when Christ came, he brought in new things, he brought in a new doctrine, he brought, no, Christ was the reformer, and he made us understand all the things that we were doing before, all the things that were written before, he brought out the understanding, and he brought forth a new covenant, because the one that was before, we broke it, completely the israelites broke it completely and that's another that's another doctrine that we're going to get into that it, people are teaching that you know the whole world is going to be saved everyone is going to be saved then who's going to be judged when you re- read revelation 6 it speaks about the kingdoms the great men the rich men the captains the, the the poor men the bond men they're going to be running from christ why are they going to be running from him if he's come to save them Because he's coming to judge the world and come to judge the wickedness in this earth. And he's come to deliver the righteousness, those that are righteous and that have followed him. So let's read on in this Matthews, the fourth chapter. Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city and set of him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he saith unto him. If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their in their hands they shall bear thee up, least at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. So what do we see here? Is that Satan is coming out with scriptures to get Christ to go away from the heavenly father? So let's see what um, Christ's response is. It says, Jesus said unto him, It is written again. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Now you see a pattern forming. Satan is coming with things and he's twisting scriptures to try to get um Jesus to go away from the Heavenly Father. He's tempting him. But you see, Christ is not debating with Christ isn't debating with Satan. It's not a breakdown. He's not breaking down the scriptures. He's telling them what it is. Because the scriptures isn't debatable. It's either you're going to do what's right according to Jesus Christ and follow his footsteps. Or you're gonna to try to twist the scriptures for it to fit your own lust and what you want to do. So that's what saying look, you know, cast yourself down so the angels can catch you up and then people will see you that you are the Christ. But Christ was humble and he would even tell disciples, look, don't tell no one that I've told you that I'm the son of the, son of God. Don't go go don't, don't don't broadcast that. Because he came to do the work of his father. He didn't come for accolades and you know, look at me and look at who I am. Because he, he already has that glory, and he's going to receive that glory above, before all in due time, and it's going to be um, glorious. So let's read on. It says, again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and show him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, all these things will I give thee, if thou will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus saith unto them, get thee hence, Satan. For it's written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. So Satan is offering many of these pastors and um, uh, these preachers the world. So I look at a lot of uh, brothers that's teaching in our churches, and our churches is, is small. If you come to the body of Christ church, you're not going to find a mega church. And you you may not you not you may not find a church that what you thinking in your mind is a church. You may be in a house. You may be in a hall. You know, just like the disciples and the teachers. Of old, because Christ said the churches where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of you. But people, what they, were, how many people are in your church? So that's a deception. That's a deception. But Christ was about following the heavenly Father. He wasn't about the world and what. He dealt with the scriptures. That's the point. And it wasn't, it wasn't. his faith was never shaken or anything that Satan was trying to tempt him with. But many of the pastors and preachers that's out there, they are tempted with this different satanic doctrine. Oh, I got to have this many people in my church. I got to have a big building. When the scriptures say what? That what? The Lord dwelleth not in temples made with hands. That we're the temple of God. So we're supposed to be concerned about what things that we're doing in God's temple? What things are we allowing in our temple? What are, who are we associating our temple that God dwells in? People are not associated. they're looking at a building. How big is your building? How wide is your buildings? Christ spoke about the white walls as well. So we're going to take a short break and we're going to come back and we're going to further go into having this litmus test to see,
3: is your church teaching you the truth? The Body of Christ Church Radio Network broadcasts seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the B-O-C-C. Listen to our archive broadcasts or check us out while we are live on the air. Come and visit us in the virtual living room at 2 o'clock p.m. on Sundays where we examine current topics according to the scriptures. Are you looking for the truth? Can you handle the truth? Find out on Mondays at 8 o'clock p.m. It doesn't matter what church you attend or philosophy you believe. Take the challenge to see. Are you smarter than your pastor on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock p.m.? The world is engrossed in darkness, but it shall be destroyed by the light. Check out From Darkness to Light at 7 o'clock p.m. on Wednesdays where all manner of witchcraft, occult practices, and Satanism is exposed for what it is. Before the light comes, it's time to awake on Thursday at 8 o'clock p.m. If you are seeking salvation, listen to Repentance is the Key, Fridays at 7 o'clock p.m. And after you've listened to all of these shows, find out how we will become kings and priests Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock a.m. All shows are on Eastern Standard Time. Remember to check out The Body of Christ Church seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the B-O-C-C. That's blogtalkradio dot com forward slash T H E B O C C shalom Connect with the Body of Christ Church on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash the B-O-C-C. Follow us on Twitter at the B-O-C-C and view our videos on youtube.com forward slash the B-O-C-C one. Link with us to learn more about repentance and salvation according to the Holy Bible. Remember what Christ said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. We pray that the information on our pages guide you towards true repentance to the heavenly Father in the name of Christ. Shalom.
0: The second book of Moses, called Exodus, chapter 20. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which hath brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before thee. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy name.
1: We'd like to welcome you back to Kings and Priests What we're talking about Is your church Teaching you the truth Are they teaching you The truth of Jesus Christ It's um, something I usually say To you know people when they come to me And they, you know talk in the Bible Especially um, Jehovah's Witnesses When they come and ring the door It's so a question that I usually ask them And I find that Hard-pressed to, you know, find people to give me the correct answer. And the question I asked them as a test is, what was the first thing that Jesus taught? And, you know, it's really bewildered me for for people that call themselves Christians, followers of Christ, whether it be any denomination... They're hard-pressed to tell me. So, But I'll tell you now, and this is a question you ask. You go and ask. Go and even ask your pastor or go and ask someone else that's a Christian. Ask, so what was the first thing that Jesus taught? And most people can't answer because it's something that's not being taught in the churches. This is Matthew's, the fourth chapter in the 17th verse. It says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So this is the first thing that Christ began to preach and to say he was baptized by John. And after his baptism, he began to preach and to say what? Repent. Repent. Now, most people are like, repent of what? (laughs) They don't know because there's there's no discernment between what is good and what is evil, what is right and what is wrong. People, the churches teach that what? The law is done away with. There is no law. Well, if we go one chapter, one chapter over, stay in that same book of Matthews, and we go to Matthews 5 and 17, because this is a doctrine that they're teaching the church. The law is done away with. So let's see. Is your church teaching the truth if they're teaching that the laws, the biblical laws, excuse me, the biblical laws in the Bible, they're done away with. Matthews 5 and 17, it says, think not that I'm come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So a lot of people, they Christians, you know, I've dealt with in the past. They'll jump up and scream and shout and, you know, start doing the James Brown. See, he came to fulfill. He came to fulfill the law. That's not what it's talking about. That's not what it's talking about. Remember, the scriptures have to be precept upon precept, line upon line. Why would he say, think that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets? I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill what was written in the law and what was written in the prophets. See, once again, most people, they couldn't tell you. The things that were written in the law and the prophets was written about Jesus Christ. I'll say that again. The things that was written in the law and the prophets were written about Jesus Christ. Many times uh, Christ would do something and says, um, this day has the, the, the words of the prophets been fulfilled in your ears. So, matter of fact, let's go to the book of Luke. Book of Luke, and it's the twenty fourth chapter and the forty fourth verse. And he said, it, and he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was wi- yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. So when he's talking about Um, all things are going to be fulfilled. These things are going to be fulfilled. He's not talking about there's not going to be any more law against adultery. There's not going to be any more law against stealing. There's not going to be any law. You can pick and choose which day you worship the Lord on. So we're going to go today. We're going to go to church on Sunday. (laughs) No, it's not saying that. It's saying what? The things that were written of Christ were going to be fulfilled. And a lot of those things have been fulfilled, and a lot of those things are yet to be fulfilled. So Matthew 5 and 17, it says, think not that I'm come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So Jesus Christ said, don't even think it that I've come to destroy what Moses has said. Don't think that I've come to destroy what the prophets have said. Don't even think it in your mind. But many people think it. Why? Because they want to fulfill their lust. They want to be an adulterer and not hold accountable for it. They want to be a thief and not hold accountable, accountable for it. They want to do whatever lust that they want to do, and they still want to be in good favor in the Lord. And this is not true. So if your church is teaching that the law is done away with, they are in error, they're, and they're not teaching you the truth. Verse 16 verse um 18 it says but verily i say unto you till heaven and earth pass one jot or one tittle sure no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled all be fulfilled about jesus christ so jesus christ has to come again he hasn't come again the earth is still here the earth has not passed away the heaven is still here so what guess what you can't commit adultery if you commit adultery Unless you repent, you're going to be held accountable for that in the return of Jesus Christ. If you're a thief, unless you repent, you're going to be held accountable for that, and so forth and so on. Verse 19, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So let's there's a question to be asked is your church teaching the commandments of this bible if they're not then christ said whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven and we know that that least is not okay you're going to be the shoeshine boy on the corner you know you know, just in front of the pearly gates no you 're going to have your part in the lake of fire that 's what it does what it 's talking about you know, well i didn 't do the commandments, but i 'm still going to make it no you 're not going to make it it 's a deception that 's what satan 's deceiving people into making them believe that you could do any abominable sin that 's on the earth and not repent when Christ came teaching repentance and you 're going to be all right with God. This is first Corinthians six and nine. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9 says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Because that's what Satan is doing. He's going around in these churches. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing to deceive the saints of the Most High, to deceive them and to make them think that you don't have to repent. You can come as you are and stay as you are see christ didn't christ didn't teach that he went amongst the publicans and the sinners to teach them repentance. he was dealing with the prostitutes to what to show them what not to be a prostitute not you know what you know hey i'm 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 the pastor I'm the son of God, do me a favor no, he wasn't doing that, and many people that's that's not what they want to hear they want to hear that Jesus came and you know you can if you were gay, you could be as gay as you want. And not repent, and Christ is going to accept you. So let's read 1 Corinthians 6 and 9 again. Know ye not, don't you know, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, don't be tricked, don't be fooled. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. So you have to be cleansed through Jesus Christ. You have to repent. That was the first thing, and that was the last thing, and that was the thing that Christ told the disciples to teach and to preach when he he ascended and went to the Father. He told them to teach repentance. He said, go throughout the whole world amongst the nation and teach repentance and the remission of sins. That's what he told them to talk. Teach. So if you're in a church and your church is teaching you that there's no commandments for you to keep, that Christ nailed it all to the cross, Christ nailed your sins to the cross so you can have a second chance. Will you think the Lord God is going to accept you continually being an adulterer after he sent his son and he died for your sins for you to have a second chance? No. You're going to have your part in the lake of fire. It's going to be better for for those that were in Sodom and Gomorrah, then it's going to be for you. Because he didn't send his son here to die for our sins so we could just just be, you know, as bad as we want to be. He sent his son to show us the way. That's why John 14 and 6 says, I am the way, that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. We're supposed to follow him. But many people in their churches, they're not teaching you the truth, they're not teaching you Jesus Christ, they're not teaching you repentance, they're not teaching you the commandments, they're not teaching you the feast of the feast of the Lord. So you have to ask yourself a question Is your church teaching you the truth? And going right right into that on the the feast days of the Lord, how do you know? If your church is teaching you the truth Is your church Or does your church Celebrate Christmas Does your church Put up a Christmas tree Does your church Tell you that the birth Of Jesus Christ is December 25th So Let's just go to Jeremiah The 10th chapter Because that tradition of setting up a tree is ancient. It predates the birth of Christ, which most people don't know. Most people aren't told. Most people aren't doing any study or research because then, number one, you're not examining the Bible. You're not examining repentance. You're not being taught repentance. So this is Jeremiah 10 verse 1. It says, He the word which the Lord speaketh unto you. O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. Be not dismayed at the and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. So the Lord told us, Don't learn the ways and the customs of the other nations. Why? Because the other nations worship other gods. That's where you go all the way back to the book of Deuteronomy, when the Israelites were coming in the land. Deuteronomy, the seventh chapter, and I read from from um, the the first verse actually, and it says, "When the Lord God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, and has cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, the Gergeshites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou." And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away thy son from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. So when the Lord is saying, look, learn not the way of the heathen, the heathen serve other gods. All the nations of the earth, all the gods of the nations are idols. They serve idols. They're idol- Chinese, Japanese, East Indian, um, African uh uh european their gods are idols so the lord the heavenly father said don't follow the other nations don't follow any of their customs don't follow any of their ways so at this particular time where are the people of god the israelites they're in in the babylonian captivity so the prophet jeremiah is warning them about a particular custom of the people that they're doing. And let's see what it is. This is Jeremiah 10, verse 3. It says, For the custom of the people are vain, for one cut of a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails, with hammers that it move up. They are upright as a palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born, because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither also is in them to do good. So, this is speaking about what they have today, and they call it a Christmas tree, because you have a Christmas tree set up in your house and you offer it gifts. You're like, no, I don't offer it gifts. Well, why you put it under the tree? It, that's just a convenient place. That's your tradition. Why? Because in ancient times they worshipped these things as idols. They decked these things with silver, real silver and real gold. Because that was an offering to the different gods of the other nations. See, our people don't understand, or people don't understand, that's not what you're supposed to be following. So if that's what you follow in your church, they're not teaching you the truth. They're not teaching you the truth. Because there is a winter festival. It's in the Bible. But does your church keep it? Let's go to the book of John, the 10th chapter. The book of John, the chapter, and let's start at the 22nd verse, John 10, 22, and it reads, it says, and it was at Jerusalem, the feast of dedication, and it was winter. Now, the feast of dedication, which is also known as Hanukkah, and Hanukkah is just a Hebrew word of Hanukkah that means dedication. That's when they rededicated and they fought the Greeks. Um, Judas, uh, Maccabeus, and his brethren, his uh, Levite brethren, fought back the Greeks. They led the armies that fought the Greeks, and so the Greeks were bringing in what? They were bringing in their heathenistic doctrine. They were bringing in their idols and their other gods, and they said anyone that kept or followed followed the Bible or followed the law that they would be put to death. If you circumcised your children, if you kept the Sabbath day, you were going to be put to death. If you if you didn't eat pork and worship to their idols, you were put to death. So Judas and his brother, they rose up against the tyranny of the Greeks and the ungodliness of the Greeks. And through the power of the Most High, they fought back this Greek occupation. So this is a, a holiday that Jesus Christ himself kept. But what? It's ignored for. The, the One of the most satanic and diabolical and blasphemous days of the year, Christmas, December the 25th. But let's read John 10 and 22 again. It says, and it was at Jerusalem, the feast of dedication, and it was winter, and Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's port. So Christ was there. Christ was there teaching and ministering to the people and also observing this day because it was a great victory with the armies of the heavenly father against that satanic order so why don't we keep that does your church keep the days that christ kept And the answer for for the most part you have to answer that question for yourself and examine yourself you have to try the spirit but from what we're seeing from the scriptures um if your church is keeping christmas that's a satanic day another satanic day that many churches promote and keep is Halloween. So I want to play this clip, and let's listen to this clip um, going into Halloween.
2: Whenever Halloween time starts coming around, you see the costumes, you see the the candy, you see the Halloween pumpkins, you see people decorating their houses with skeletons and you see the little boy getting excited about getting the devil mask. You know, it only serves to bring back horrifying memories to me. Some were dressed in a uh, dark brownish kind of robe with hoods over them. They took me up and they led me up to this stone altar. I saw the little girl and she was on the altar. He took the athami or the ritual knife and he picked it up and he put my hand on it and then he forced it into her chest. and they were taking the blood and passing those cups around to different people who were partaking of her blood.
0: Something about sacrifice, if you do it once, you want to do it all the time. You get this sort of love I regard myself as a natural witch I have been a
2: witch for as long as I can remember This is a religious holiday to them Animals would be plain
0: I think it's a witch to summon and me. She just laid it on the altar And just cut the baby's throat This is something that's happening every hour of week it's a, it's a bit of
1: a red herring. It's not something we like to talk about. So that's what Halloween is really about. It's about witches. It's about sorcerers. It's about human sacrifice. And most people say, well, you know, it's just, this is just a day for the kids. That's how to disguise it. That's how people are tricked into doing it. But it's a satanic day. So if, if your church is keeping Halloween... Are they teaching you the truth? Because there's not supposed to be any association. We're not supposed to have any fellowship with the works of darkness. I got another clip we're gonna play about Halloween. Let's listen to it.
4: Why, Cock? Why? Do I need a reason? Just a cup that was right I do love a good joke, and this is the best ever. A joke on the children. But there's a better reason. You don't really know much about Halloween. You thought no further than the strange custom of having your children wear masks and go out begging for candy. It was the start of the year in our old Catholic lands, and we'd be waiting. In our houses of wattles and clay, the barriers would be down, you see, between the real and the unreal. the dead might be looking in to sit by our fires and turf Halloween the festival of Samhain the last great one took place three thousand years ago when the hills ran red with the blood of animals and children sacrifices a part of our world our craft Witchcraft. To us, it was a way of controlling our environment. It's not so different now. It's time again. In the end, we don't decide these things you know. The planets do. They're in alignment. And it's time again. The world's going to change tonight, Doctor.
2: I'm glad you'll be able to watch it.
1: And happy heavenly. So, is your church, you know, are they fine with you celebrating halloween where the true nature of halloween is a satanic day is very highly satanic is one of their top days and this is what it says in ephesians 5 and 11 and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather reprove them that's why we do shows on halloween and we bring out the origins about it we bring out the witchcraft that's involved with it. it has nothing to do with christ Many people say, oh, well, you know, the church cleaned up Halloween and we made it safe for children. How you made it safe for children? How you made it safe for children? Are we going to have a Jesus queen? Have no, what don't you understand when it says have no fellowship with them? That means it's supposed to be a separation. There's supposed to be a separation from the Most High, Jesus Christ, and Satan. There's not, Are oh, we going to mingle the two. No, you cannot serve two masters. You have to choose one. Either you're going to serve the Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. See, when you serve the Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, what does that mean for people? People are going to invite you to the Christmas party. You said, no, I'm not going because I don't celebrate that. That's not a biblical day. I keep Hanukkah, the feast. Oh, well, you know, you could just go. We won't call it a Christmas uh, feast. We'll, we'll, we'll just call it the winter festival. So when you go there, they say, Merry Christmas. So what happened? It's about Christmas. See, that's the knowledge of Satan. Oh, well, you know, yeah, Halloween, but we don't want the children to be left out. We don't want the children to be. You're, you're teaching your children evil, and that has to stop. But in many churches, they overlook these things because they want to be politically correct. See, Christ wasn't politically correct. He was correct with the Heavenly Father. That's what he was correct with, and that's what we have to We have to prove ourselves to God, not people, not your boss, not people on your job not your father we have to prove ourselves to God. Many people don't want to do that. They want to be embraced by public opinion. They want to be embraced by people. That's why you look at Elijah. Elijah, he thought he was alone. Because people the 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 nation of Israel at that time that given themselves wholly over to idolatry. And he's like, "Lord, I'm 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 alone. I'm all by myself serving you." And sometimes it may feel that way. And like the you know, the whole world, there's nobody else that's following Jesus Christ. But the Lord had to remind Elijah that he had faithful men that was following and keeping his word. So it's the same thing now. If you truly going to serve the Lord and Jesus Christ, guess what? You may feel lonely, but you're not alone. So the scripture says, have no fellowship with the un." fruitful works of darkness. But we're supposed to correct them and show them what's right in the scriptures according to Jesus Christ. Now I got another clip and uh I want to play. And this is a clip this is a clip about uh about Anton Lavey and what he says about Halloween. And for many of people that's you know just listening, maybe you don't you haven't listened to our shows before, uh especially from doctors like Anton Lavey started the, the Church of Satan. Okay? He started the Church of Satan. And let's see what he says about Halloween.
2: So we see from the history alone, this isn't some innocent celebration involving children getting candy. Oh, but that was so long ago, we don't celebrate it like how they did, you might say. Let me read to you a quote by Anton LaVey, a Satanist, from his book, The Satanic Bible. Quote, after one's own birthday, the two major satanic holidays are Walpurgis well, Night and Halloween, End quote. In case that didn't sink in, Satanism considers this one of their top holidays. Do you still want to be part of it?
1: So they considered Halloween as one of the main satanic days. So if your che- is your church setting up uh, Halloween events? We want the children to be saved, so we're going to set up Halloween events. If they're doing that, are they teaching you the truth? Are they teaching you the truth when it's of Satan? Christ rebuked Satan. He didn't have anything to do with Satan. He told Satan to get away from him, get behind him. Excuse me. So what are we supposed to do? We're not supposed to engage in those things. So you have to ask yourself a question. If your church is involved with Halloween, are they teaching you the truth that's in Christ? Furthermore, what does the Bible tell us what the truth is? Let's go to the book of Psalms 119 and 142. Psalms 119 and 142, it reads, the right, thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. Now, when you go to the book of John, when you go to the book of John, because it said that's the Old Testament, brother, that's the Old Testament. Let's go to the book of John 17 and 17. It reads, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. What word? The same word that it was talking about in Psalms, the Bible. But the whole Bible is, consists of laws, rules, and regulations, and to guide us into the truth, into the word, and what we're supposed to do. So that's the truth that we should be telling people. You shouldn't be telling people or associating people um, with Halloween or Christmas or Easter. Oh, people are oh, why are you going to talk about Easter? Because this, this is the Halloween that's coming up now. Easter, Easter, Easter is the, is, the, is the festival day that's coming up now. And many people, they're going to be getting together their, uh, their Easter best and putting on their, their Easter garments for, for Easter. You know, that's probably one of the one time of the year that people um, will go to church. So, one of the things that they have in Easter is this Easter egg. What does Easter eggs have to do with Jesus Christ? What does um, what does an Easter bunny have to do with Jesus Christ? All these things are pagan, or pagan in origin. And if your church is teaching you an Easter doctrine, are they teaching the truth? And we're going to read some scriptures about Jesus Christ and what you're supposed to be keeping during this time. But let's listen to this script on... The Easter egg.
0: Legend has it that when Semiramis died, she was too beautiful to go to heaven and was returned to earth with an enormous egg which crashed and opened on the river Euphrates, revealing the naked fertility goddess whose first act was to change a bird into an egg laying rabbit. The rabbit and the egg were then adopted by the pagan religions as a symbol of fertility. Here is Ishtar's egg with a symbol of the crescent moon upon it. The story of the red egg has been a disturbing as it stems from a pagan tradition of sacrificing a baby in the time of Easter, dipping an egg in the blood and presenting it to the respective fertility goddess. The baby was three months old, as it had been conceived, 12 months earlier. the previous Easter, as a priest, and had sex with a virgin. Uh, this was an uh, ancient fertility ritual.
1: So... <laughs> What that is going into Tammuz is one of those pagan gods, Babylonian pagan gods, and what it says the the tradition was is that she fell to earth as an egg, and the first thing she did she turned the um, egg into this egg laying rabbit. So where does that come from? Why would you want to do that in your church? And many people they're going to go to church and on easter sunday and they're going to have an easter egg hunt for the children outside tell me if i'm lying if they're doing it this in your church is your church teaching you the truth we're not supposed to have any fellowship we're only supposed to have one god the god of abraham the god of isaac the god of jacob that's the god that we're supposed to have the god of this bible why are people following so many different gods and they're supposed to be going to church and learning about jesus christ that's my question. Is your church teaching you the truth? Now, at this time of year, we keep the Passover. Now, people say, that's a Jewish festival and a Passover. Blah, 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 blah. So let's go to 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter in the seventh verse. 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter in the seventh verse. It says, purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump. As ye are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. So, a lot of people they call the disciples meal with Christ. They say that's the Last Supper, brother. That's the no. That was the Passover. That's what it was. Christ, he told, he sent out his disciples that look, go and find a place where I can eat the Passover with my disciples. So, why are so many churches hell bent on keeping Easter? Having their children do an Easter egg hunt. Having bunnies and promoting bunnies like, get your Easter basket, get your Easter basket. That's not what Christ taught. Christ taught repentance, the Passover. He passed. Christ was a sacrifice so the Heavenly Father would pass over our sins and not kill us and put us to death like he did the Egyptians. Don't you get it? It's not no Easter or pagan fertility God uh, worship that we're supposed to be in. But the problem is people aren't serving Jesus Christ. They're serving themselves. They're following their own lust and desires So they'll find a teacher that will teach them something that will make them feel good despite of the wrong that they're doing. Christ didn't do that. He was cutting people. He was cutting people with the word. That's why they wanted to put him to death. That's why they put the disciples and prophets and teachers. They put Stephen to death. Why? Because he was teaching them repentance. He was showing them what they were doing wrong. I can remember here in the UK, we were out teaching on the street. And in Brixton And he had this This one man He just came up Oi, 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 oi Why are you putting out dirty laundry Why are you putting out dirty laundry in the public So what were we doing We wasn't personally speaking about this man's life Or what he was doing We didn't know But what the scriptures know The scriptures discern The scriptures, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and is discern of the heart, the thoughts and intents of the heart. So people that were adulterers, he might have been been an adulterer because we're bringing out the scriptures that you're not supposed to be an adulterer. Matter of fact, Jesus Christ said you're not even supposed to look upon a woman and lust after her. If you've done that, you've already committed adultery in your heart, in your mind. So that's the thing that Christ was teaching. We have many people teaching this, this feel good. I'm going to make you feel good on a Sunday. Jump up and dance, jump up and dance. I'm going to make it feel good. Christ taught repentance. And for people to get right with the Heavenly Father, they had to be cut. They had to be shown what their sin was. And that's the thing that we teach that, you know, Christ was a great man. And, you know, if he was teaching just all this love doctrine, why would places he'd go and people wanted to kill him? Because he knew when it was in their mind, he knew the sin that they were rolling with, but he was showing it to them so they can repent of it and that they can be right with the heavenly father in Jesus Christ. So back to the point. So, but most people, Mark seven and seven, most people they will keep these traditions and say, you know what? We've Christianized them. The laying of eggs and you know Easter, we've Christianized it. Yeah, it might have been pagan in the past, but now, because we say so, despite despite what the Bible says, we've Christianized it. This is what Christ has to say to you. How be it in vain do they worship me? Teaching for the doctrines, the commandments of men. Because Easter is a doctrine commandment of men. The Lord said for us to keep the Passover. Now, we don't keep the Passover. No one's slaying a lamb because the lamb of God has been slain for us, which was Jesus Christ. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things you do. And he said unto them, Full well. And he said unto them, full well you reject the commandment of God, that you may keep your own tradition. So that's what's going on in a lot of churches. Is your church teaching traditions of men, or they're teaching the commandment of God? Because it's a big difference. It's a big difference between the Passover and Easter. The Passover deals with Christ. Easter, they say it deals with Christ or it deals with his death and resurrection, but what's all these other things that come on with it? See, if you dealt with the Passover, then that would teach you about the death and the resurrection, the forecoming of Jesus Christ. Because the original Passover, it was a lamb. It was slain. And the people, the Israelites, were saved by the blood of the lamb. So now, when you come to the Passover in the New Testament, Christ ate the last meal was the Passover. So now, for us to commemorate Jesus Christ, shouldn't we keep the Passover? Shouldn't we eat the Passover meal? Shouldn't we eat the unleavened bread? Shouldn't we drink the wine to commemorate and remember Christ as often as we eat this bread and drink of this cup, we drink this wine, we remember the Lord till he come? Shouldn't we do that? Or should we teach our children to run around trying to find some chocolate egg, which is some pagan satanic tradition? Which one is right? Well, the Bible says people keep their, they reject the commandment of God that they can keep their tradition. Because if you go into church and say, look, this Easter stuff is wrong, how many people are going to follow you out? You go into the, you bring out the Bible. Remember, the scripture says many are called, few are chosen. Few It's only going to be a few. The Lord is calling us to Repentance. But only a few are going to make it make it out. Only a few are going to take heed to the word of the Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. So, the next thing I want to deal with is, and it's something that gets talked about quite often, is gay, homosexual, uh, lesbian, transgender in the church a lot of people that the you know they found out that they had a, a gay pastor in some churches that the pastor is openly gay we did a show on the vision vision church ministries on All you smart and your pastor you can check that show out in the archives where the pastor is openly gay and the the man who is his partner or he's married to is called the first gentleman so I want to play uh, this clip. This first clip is going into, uh, is Anton LaVey, and Anton LaVey is a Satanist, okay? He he started and sponsored the, the first church of Satan, and let's hear what he says about sex, because the Lord has rules on sex in the Bible, okay? Let's see what he has to say.
5: I can if I want to. I can pursue any kind of lustful desires that I might feel. I can uh, engage in any activities that are so-called sinful activities and not really worry about any ecumenical counsels making it right for me to do these things.
1: So that was Anton LaVey, the, the Satanist. He was saying he could do anything he want to do. He can pursue any lust. He can pursue any sexual lust with any, without any ecumenical counsels to give him permission to do that. I mean, he don't need any permission to go, and if you want to have man on man, boy on boy, or whatever, he can do it. So that's a satanic doctrine. But let's go and open the Bible, and let's go to Leviticus, the 20th chapter. And a thirteen verse. Because there's rules. There's rules on sexual behavior. There's commandments on sexual behavior. Leviticus 20 and 13. If a man also alive with mankind, as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. So that was the judgment of God. Now we know Jesus Christ came to teach repentance. So if you're gay, lesbian, transgender, you can repent. We're not not sending out men or soldiers or snipers to kill gay or bash gay or lesbian people. But what we are saying is that that is a sin and that you have to repent of it. It's it's as simple as that. It's, It's as simple as a man being adulterer that's heterosexual. He's sleeping with another man's wife. He has to repent. That is a sin. So most Christians will defend. That was the Old Testament. That
2: was the Old Testament. Things have changed.
1: Okay, let's go to Romans. Romans, the first chapter and the 20th verse. Righteousness don't change. Righteousness doesn't change. Romans, the first chapter and the 25th verse. It says, who has changed the truth of God into a lie. And that's what many of the churches do. They change the truth, which is in Jesus Christ, into a lie. They tell you to celebrate Christmas instead of Hanukkah. Christmas is not in the Bible. The feast of dedication is. They tell you to keep Easter instead of the Passover. Easter, following chasing eggs and the Easter egg hunt on, the, on, uh, on the, the church lawn, that's not in the Bible. But repentance through Jesus Christ, putting off malice and wickedness and purging yourself of that old leaven, that old man, that is in the Bible. So the church, a lot of churches, not all, a lot of churches have changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator. So that creature is Satan in themselves, who is blessed forever, Amen. The Heavenly Father is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, because they wanted to serve Satan, and they wanted to serve themselves more than the Heavenly Father. He let them go into their own vile affections. For even their women, they changed the natural use into that which is against nature, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which is me. So it said what, the women, the women left the natural use, the men left, the natural use. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. So what was the natural use? Man and female. The Lord created male and female in the book of Genesis. And he told them, Go forth, be fruitful and multiply. So what? That's that's in a marriage, being married and then what? Having children. But that's why the family is destroyed, because everything is out of order on this earth. And it's coming to a head. It's coming to a close before the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So men with men, and it's telling you, just like Anton LaVey said, the Satanist, the head of the church of Satan, who now he's dead, he said what? He can do any, he can engage in any lustful thing that he wants to. So this is what people are doing. They're engaging into their various lusts. That's against nature. That's against God. and And they hate the Bible. They hate the Bible. How how can I I say that? That's an assumption. Because they do not the things of the Lord. You're not obedient to the Lord. So is your church, do they promote a gay or lesbian pastor? If they do, based upon the, the scriptures that we're reading, are they teaching you the truth? Because gays and lesbians are supposed to repent, just like everybody else. You can't stay a gay or lesbian or be a, or be uh, the head of the the choir. No, you have to repent. It's as simple as that. So another another issue in the church for a litmus test to see is your church teaching the truth. Is women pastors? Is your in your church? Is a woman the head over your church? Now, I'm just going to go to a couple of scriptures in the New Testament. In the New Testament. And let's see. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. And a lot of people, they want to be politically correct. Because the feminist the feminist movement is powerful you say anything you know against women you're going to be labeled as sexist and you know the majority of people that's going to churches these days is not men it's women so you best be careful what you say about women but see we're not we're not afraid to speak the words of God we're not afraid to speak the truth because many people they're afraid to speak the truth because they, they they serve not our Lord and Jesus not our Lord Jesus Christ but they serve their own bellies. So this is 1 Corinthians 11, and I'll start from the first verse. It says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. So this is Paul speaking to the followers of Jesus Christ in the city of Corinth. Now, I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things, and I and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. And at the head of the woman Is the man And the head of Christ is God So why would this be A topic that Paul Would be teaching Because in these um, Greek nations And even a lot of the um, the Ancient world The God or the goddess That would be Set up would be women A lot of the high, the high Priests it would be women, so they were the ones that was in power, they was in control, but the Lord set down the order, and this is the order, First Corinthians 11 and 3, but I will have you know, the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Now, a lot of women are like, no, 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 I, I'm with Jesus, but I ain't following my husband. They're like, sorry, what, uh-huh? But what about what we just read? Nah, that Paul. He was smoking crack that day. (laughs) No, he had some weed that day. That's why he wrote that. He wasn't in his right mind. He wasn't speaking Jesus that day. So I guess you have to throw away the whole Bible. Because when we go to, I guess, um, Moses, who wrote the book of Genesis, Genesis 3 and 16. Let's go to the book of Genesis 3 and 16. The book of Genesis, the third chapter and the 16th verse, says, unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. So wait a minute. Were they both smoking crack? Were they both out of their mind? What's going on? What's going on here? Uh Ephesians 5.22, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let their wives be to their own husbands in everything. Colossians 3.18, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. So does that sound like the man is just, you know, his, his wife, he come home, his wife tell him, whatever the hell, you're going to listen to me. I'm in charge here. No, there was an order It's a righteous order Because we take our cues from Jesus Christ We take our cues from Jesus Christ Now, Christ was over the disciples Was he oppressing them? Was he abusing them? Or did he teach them and did he love them? Did he show them the way that's right? So that's what a husband is supposed to do to to his wife But many people, they take that Oh, well, you know Times have changed. Times 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 have changed, but the word of God has not. I'll say that again. Times have changed, but the word of God has not. It endureth forever. Now let's go to First Timothy two verse nine. First Timothy the second chapter and ninth verse, and let's see, should there be a woman pastor teaching? Uh, two and eleven, sorry, First Timothy two and eleven. It says, "Let the woman learn in silence, with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to use authority over the man, but to be in silence." For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman, being deceived, was in a transgression. Notwithstanding, she must, shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. So, the scriptures is saying that the scriptures is saying that the woman is supposed to learn in silence. If it's saying the woman is supposed to learn in silence, doesn't mean that you know. The woman couldn't ask questions or, you know, she just had to be completely quiet. Just shut up. Shut up, shut up. What is it talking about? They want to be the pastors, the leaders over the church or, 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 or even over the family. From what the Bible is saying, unless someone, you know, can say, look, no, that's not right. But what we're reading here, it says, I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp. Usurp means to take it, and that's what you know is happening in this satanic age. Because Satan spoke to the woman; he didn't speak to Adam. God spoke to Adam and told him how to direct his family, because he put Adam in charge. So Satan flipped the script, and that's what you have in this world. We have um, women that in charge over the family. Women that's they. Desire is to be in charge and to overpower and to take authority and power over the man. Not to be equal with the man, to be over the man. I'm the better half. I wear the pants. I wear the britches. That's not the doctrine of the scriptures. That's not the doctrine of the Bible. So if this is what your church is teaching and you have a female pastor evangelist that's over the church, or are they teaching you the truth? Because according to this, 1 Timothy 2 and 11 says, let the woman learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. So let's go also go to 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, and let's start from verse 33 first corinthians 14 and 33 many people come they come up with different sayings like um they'll say well you know what the men is falling off especially in the black community they're not really taking up their position so does that disown what the bible says of course it doesn't does that mean you can now usurp authority that you can be the pastor no you can't do that there's someone that, that the Lord has to rise up to be the pastor over that church, and it has to be a man. Now, is there a role or is there room for women to teach? Yes, you have to read the book of Titus. Read the book of Titus, uh, one, two, was it two and five? Read that, and it tells you how the women are supposed to be teaching in the church, how they're supposed to be teaching the younger women, the younger women to. Love their husbands, to love their children, not to be busybodies, but to be, you know, have good behavior. But to be elders, deacons, bishops, priests over the church. No, First Corinthians fourteen and thirty three says, "For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints." Here you gonna, how's a man gonna be in charge in his home? He's the head in his home. He's the head of the wife at the home, but he go to church. Now the wife is head over him. She's the priest and she's the pastor. She's the head over him. That's confusion. That's confusion. <laughs> Let your woman keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. So we just read it where it's written in the law in Genesis three hundred sixteen unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception and sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. So it is telling you right there, who is the confusion come in? The male, female roles and how you know the home is supposed to be and how a man is supposed to be men can't be men now men can't be men now you can't stand up and be a man or have any manly qualities you have to be more in a docile uh uh kind of effeminate state well christ wasn't like that christ spoke bold for the word so that's what we have to do we have to be like christ now see we've got um The brother, Ibaja, that's going to be joining us, waiting for him to um, call in, you know, for the last part of this show. Just waiting on him. So, we go from another scripture dealing with uh, women pastors. I want to read this to you. This is Ezekiel. Thirty-four and thirty-one. It says, "And ye, my flock, the flock of my pasture, are men, and I am your God," saith the Lord God. So the Lord is dealing with men. He's dealing with the fathers to be over the children, to teach the children, to be that that figurehead. Just like it said, the husband was in charge. Just like how Christ was in charge of the church. How the husband was in charge of the wife. And Christ, when he taught, he wasn't teaching anything to destroy or defame or that was derogatory towards the church. He was teaching them the things that were right. Now, when you look, a lot of those things that was being taught, you know, it was hurtful to hear. You know you have a saying the truth hurts. It was hurtful to hear. But it was the right thing for them to get right with the Most High. So it had to be taught. So a lot of things people don't want to hear. They don't want to hear that, oh, you know, there's not supposed to be a female pastor according to, according to the Scriptures. They're supposed to be under subjection, under the man. A lot of people don't want to hear that. A lot of people are not going to deal with that. They're going to discount the Scriptures and say, oh, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't say that. Um, that's what it does say according to the Scriptures. And people have to deal with it. So we've got the brother Baja joining us, and he, he does a show on Friday nights. Repentance is the key. And matter of fact, since he's joining us in the show that he did last night is one of the shows, um, one of the, the things that I want to talk about to show you, is your church teaching you the truth? Does your church take tithes? Does your church require you to pay a tenth of your salary or your wages or the money that you make? And is that correct, according to the Word of God? Hey, Shalom, Abajo.
5: Hey, Shalom. find everyone. It's good to finally make it in. Uh, I'm here.
1: <laughs> okay. So that being said, that's the next thing, the next litmus test that we test in the different churches is, should a church be accepting tithes? Now, in this day and age
5: Oh, you directing that question to me?
1: Yeah
5: Oh, well I'm Your last night answer. show
1: was about time to...
5: <laughs> <laughs> Well The the answer according to the scriptures Is a resounding no Meaning a definitive And, and a complete no you mm. should not be taking A tenth Of people's wages Mm. Or take of anything as a commandment. I'll say it yeah. that way, or the say of the Lord.
1: Absolutely. And one of the one of the mainstay scriptures that a lot of churches use or pastors use is Malachi. Malachi, the third chapter, and start from the sixth verse. All
5: right. Okay, Malachi, you said chapter 3, verse
4: 6. Uh-huh.
5: All right. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Read on. Even from the days. Keep reading.
3: Mm-hmm. All
5: right, verse 7. Even from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, said the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Go ahead. Verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings.
1: So a lot of pastors, they'll read that scriptures like, look, you want to return unto God, you want to repent, you got to pay your tithes. If you're not paying your tithes, you're not repenting. But then... There's, there's so much to returning unto God, but it says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say "Wherein we rob robbed thee in tithes and offerings. So what I would recommend people to do is to listen to the show that you did last night, Abadja, on tithes, and the coming show with the next, um, this coming Friday, the part two of tithes. But read on, and let's see. Because most people they stop there and 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 they start hanging around the um the 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 money the money bucket or the money pot and then you start hearing the music <laughs> come on bring up your money bring up your time. <laughs> so read on. <laughs> verse eight I'm
5: gonna read it again will a man rob God yet ye have robbed me but ye said wherein have we robbed thee and tithes no. and offerings, ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation.
1: So it was speaking to a nation of reason, a nation of people, because the tithes were given to the Levites, and was it money? Go ahead, no. keep reading. Verse ten. Bring ye
5: all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. I'll read that sure. again. <laughs> Bring Money? me all the ties
1: into the storehouse. Was that ele- uh, um, edible chocolates that he's talking about? What's this meat? No.
5: <laughs> that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now, herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it.
1: Mm. So. Who was that what was that what was that meat?
5: The meat was going into the crops because most, most preachers will stop at verse ten and they won't read down to verse eleven and it shows you exactly what the ties and things were going into.
1: Right. I'll just read this. I'm not gonna go into the whole thing. I'm just gonna read this and then go into what we're supposed to be doing now yeah, in, uh cool. in the New Testament. This is second Chronicles 31 verse four it says more. We commanded the people that dwelt in Jerusalem to give the portion of the priest and the Levites that they might be encouraged in the law of the Lord. And as soon as they, as soon as the commandment came abroad, the, the children of Israel brought in the abundance of the first fruits of corn, wine and oil and honey, and all the increase of the fields and the tithe of all things brought they in abundantly. And concerning the children of Israel and Judah, ...that dwelt in the cities of Judah... ...they also brought in the tithe of oxen and sheep... ...and the tithe of holy things... ...which are consecrated to the Lord their God... ...and laid them by heaps. So the tithe was never money. We should listen to your show. But if your pastor is calling tithes money... ...he's a liar. Because that's not what it says according to the scriptures. That's why we refer back to Isaiah 8 and 20. According to the law... ...and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word... It is because there is no light in them. The Bible says one thing. They say something else. What's in them? Not the light. Not Jesus. There's, there's devils in them. So it says, bring, bring ye all your tithes into the storehouse, that they may be meat in my house. Improve me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the winds of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So read verse 11.
5: Verse 11. Oh, I already jumped the eggs, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> Let me come back here. Here we go, verse eleven. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast their fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. So
1: who's who's the devourer?
5: The devourer was that was the pestilence and the plague that the Lord sent or that curse so that the fruits and the vines and the trees and everything else that was bearing fruits for, or bearing food uh, and even going into the whole thing of um, like the animals and stuff, basically it was a pestilence and, and caused a famine.
1: So that, that's not the devil. If you don't pay your tithes, the Lord is going to rebuke the devourer. He's going to rebuke Satan off your life. He's going to remove him because he come to devour the good things. <laughs> that's what they say. But what does the Bible say? Who the devourer is. You explained it beautifully. I'm going to get the scripture to back you up, brother. This is Amos, the fourth chapter, the ninth verse. It says, I have, sm- I have smitten you with blasting and mildew, wherein your gardens and your vineyards and your fig trees and your olive trees in- increase. The-, the palmer worm devoured them. Have yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. So it's exactly what you said, I Bodger. It was a different plagues and pestilence that the Lord sent on the fruits of their ground so they couldn't bring in the increase. There was no supermarket or Kroger or Walmart or Tesco's or Sainsbury's or, you know, a farmer's market that they would go to and go and, and buy stuff. They produced it themselves. They grew it, and the Lord blessed them in it, and then they were supposed to bring a tenth of that at certain times of the year and that was the tithe and the offerings was offerings where they offered it to god it wasn't offerings like okay here's a little bit of money i'm just they offered sacrifices so is your church teaching you the truth or they're taking the tithe what the scriptures are saying or are they calling tithes money now let's go into the new testament the New Testament go and see what it says. I want to go to um, Second Corinthians, first, and then you can get Acts.
5: Yeah, I, I was saying they, they they really don't want to go there.
1: No, where wrong. they don't. But this is this this is a question that people have to ask themselves: Are they going according? Is their church teaching them the truth? Is a church teaching the truth according to the Bible. So Second Corinthians nine and seven. All right.
5: Second Corinthians chapter nine. You know what? Let me um, let me start at verse six. Go ahead. But this I say, this is second second Corinthians chapter nine, verse six. But this <laughs> I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Go ahead. Every man, according as, as he proposes, in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a
0: cheerful giver.
1: Right. So it wasn't by necessity. It was, or it wasn't a tenth. It was what you proposed in your heart. Every man, according as he proposed in his heart, So let him give. So in the Old Testament, it said, give a tenth. So this says, yeah, it was a law. It was a necessity. It was necessary for you to give a tenth. And why was it a necessity? Because it had to feed the poor Levites. That's why it was necessary. But now is as you see fit in your heart, what can you give is up to you. If you have more, then you can give more. If you have less, then don't be afraid to give of that little. For God loves a cheerful giver. So now, if it's of your own consent, that's going to make you cheerful. Not some pastor beating you over the head. You got to give money if you want the blessing. You got to give money if you want the blessing. Come on, ding 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 ding. Pass around the plate. That's not that's not the doctrine of Christ. See, when you teach that way, that's the that's the thing that. The scripture says that the the prophets and the priests, they divine for money and they teach for hire. See, Christ didn't do that. Christ taught the word, whether you wanted to hear it or not. And many times people didn't want to hear it. That's why I have people come in the show and the scripture start hitting them and cutting them and they run right out the show. Only one or two, they listen. But the Lord already said that. He said one from a family, two from a city. (laughs) So... That doesn't scare us. Numbers don't, we're not afraid of, of low numbers. We're going to teach the word, even, even if it's to the wind. So a lot of churches, they're about getting people into the pews, getting people, we got to, we got to reach out to people. We got to get more people in here, you know, putting on um, car, car sales. You come to church, you may win, you may win a new car. You come to church. <laughs> we're not trying to trick people in the church. We're going to tell you the truth and we're not going to spare anyone's feelings. We're going to teach you what you're doing wrong to get right with the Heavenly Father so you can be blessed. That's what we're going to teach. It's not going to be watered down, cut down. We're not going to trim our ways to seek love because we love the Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ and we're going to teach as we are commanded. So, according to that, is that given a tenth? No. No, that isn't. So, any pastor... Preacher that's teaching That you should Give a tenth Or are they teaching you the truth
5: No they are teaching you a lie And they're taking the Lord's name in
1: vain Okay Okay So Let's read the one in Acts To close that off
5: Oh yeah Because Next Friday Lord willing We're going to go a lot more in depth Throughout the New Testament To show you what exactly You know how how, how Basically how that thing is supposed to look Now that we're under the New Testament Right Let me see uh, Acts Let me start at, uh You want Acts the fifth chapter Or you want the fourth one? Fourth. what actually, I believe it's um, yeah, because actually, one in Acts four actually goes into the whole part of um, at the end of the chapter, showing you where they uh, actually the, the Levite. There was a Levite that was actually bringing his money or uh, what some of his possessions in mm. to the uh, to the apostles to help with the ministry. Mm. Showing you that Christ has the preeminence. Christ right, it's no longer about the Levitical priesthood in the temple. You have a Levite. That according to the law of Moses in the Old Testament It was a law that the people had to pay a tenth of their um, Basically bring a tenth of their increase to him For his support because he had the office of the priesthood But mm-hmm. now that Christ has the preeminence and the high priest Here it is, you have a Levite that understood that And now he's bringing what he has to help with the ministry This is Acts chapter 4 And I'll start at verse 32 Mhm, it says, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common.
4: mhm, really, yeah.
5: and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all, neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses. Sold them and bought the prices of the things that were sold.
1: So they, there was no one that lacked in the in the church. You look at a lot of these um, these mega churches in the areas that surrounded them. Are people lacking?
5: <laughs> Oftentimes, yes.
1: Yeah, but a lot of times these mega churches they command millions and millions of of dollars. Read on.
5: Alright, verse 34 It says, neither was there any Among them that lacked, for as many as were Possessors of lands or houses Sold them, and brought the prices Of the things that were sold And laid them down at the Apostles' feet, and distribution was Made unto every man according As he had need
1: Right, so They they brought that money in And they helped The people that was in The church, and that wasn't a tenth you know, people had lands or, or property, you know, it was within their power, because a lot of people take that, you, know, you got to sell your house, you're going to be right. No, it was in their power to do that. It's like, you know, I got this house or property where I'm not using it or whatever. Let me, I'm going to bring this money in there. So for the help of the church, and it wasn't, see, a lot of people, said, the help of, they say, help my ministry, but it was a help for the church and the people that's in the church. We have pastors, they're taking money to help them to fill their belly, to get them a car, to get them a house. But the offerings, the thing that was offered in the New Testament, or whatever the money, the bounty that was brought, was to help the people. And you see, it didn't call it ties there, did it? Did you see ties anywhere?
5: Nope. Nope. Read on. I mean, we're about to read about a Levite
1: <laughs> And People we don't, don't know, know about no Levite They don't know the difference between a Levite and a Neophyte. Mm-mm-mm. Go ahead
5: Verse 35 And laid them down at the apostles' feet And distribution was made unto every man According as he had need And Joseph Who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas Which was being interpreted The son of consolation A Levite and of the country of Cyprus having land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet.
1: So he brought the money and laid it at the disciples' feet. But it was never called tithes there because tithes was something that was dealing with sacrifice. Tithes was something that was dealing with the Levitical priesthood, which you said, y'all going to go more into, Lord willing, next week on you guys' show. So. Yep. I think that's that's pretty much it. We got a few more minutes left. I wanted to touch the the Sunday law and how they change the um change the the sabbath the seven day Sabbath into the first day of the week.
5: Well, good dia. you know a lot of that is really tied to to Easter. And saying yeah. that the Lord rose on the Sunday, but because I, I remember you touching on that earlier in the show, the, the scriptures say that the Lord was going to be in the ground three days and three nights. So if he got crucified on Good Friday, there's no it's mathematically impossible for you to get three days and three nights from so-called Good Friday.
1: Absolutely, a- absolutely. And Lord's will, we're gonna we're gonna touch that. Um, we're gonna touch on some of that next week, going into this. East of pagan eastern doctrine but i want to read this this is um sunday what does that come from most people don't know they think it's from like what you say in our is from the resurrection of christ and that's why we keep um that's the reason we don't we don't keep um church on on sunday we don't venerate that day okay we keep the sabbath as it's written but let's hear where it does come from this is the, the Sunday law was established by Constantine, who was a sun worshiper, who, who allegedly, I say allegedly, turned to Christianity. But he really didn't turn to Christianity. It was all a front. So it says Constantine's Sunday law issued A.D. 321 was as follows. Let all the judges and the town people and the occupation of all trades rest on the venerable day of the sun. So, what did he venerate? He venerated his son. Why is sun son, son worshiper? That's why it's called Sunday, Diasolus, which is the first day of the week. Now, let's see what the Bible says. Go to Exodus 20. There's, there's much more to read on that, and you know, how Constantine, just like during the times of the Maccabees, he persecuted the church, the Christians, Who kept the true Sabbath? He persecuted them. They're away with these Jewish laws and the Sabbaths. He persecuted them.